Okay, I can go whenever you want. Here we go. Brothers, sisters, siblings, welcome to Penn Sunday School. Matt Donnelly and Kadoa gone, but we're broadcasting from Show Creator South today. Our guest, a Piptomatic Dragon, which is me. Now, over to your host, preaching love, it's Penn Jalap. Preaching love, you are a natural. You yeah. are natural. Look at that. Who would have thought I could read out loud? <laughs> so, so um, I want, I'm here to tell you that flattery works, works very well. There's this guy, Alex Frank, and he is a monster on the upright base. He's really good. He's crazy good. He's a young guy. By young guy, I mean in his 20s. You know, really good bass player. He plays with um, Jeff Goldblum's band yeah among other things but he plays with jeff goldblum's also played with jonesy he's really good and you know he is the one person who comes to the penn and teller show for the jazz <laughs> he comes there from the moment we start right he loves jonesy's playing and he's been doing this for years for years and years and years does he leave after the jazz no he doesn't. that would be that would be the really hip thing that'd be the really great thing to do but he comes backstage because he's friends with jonesy and he's played my bass, and he's played around with it, and he talks. He tries to talk bass shop talk to me, you know, mm. like when magicians do that with me. Right. It's like, I don't know anything. I'm just a fool. But he talks about the bass and so on. He's been watching me, not all the time I've been playing, but for the past five years, he's come to the show several times in intervals. And he went to Jonesy, and he said, the bass that Penn is playing used to be fine for Penn. Used to be fine. Now he's outplaying his bass by a lot. And the sound of the bass is really holding him back. He is a much better bass player than the bass he's playing. He is a professional quality bass player playing a student bass. Now he calls my bass a student bass. Okay. I paid like five grand for it. That's a lot for a student. That's a lot. A lot. But he says it's a student base. It doesn't really have the depth. It doesn't. It's not carved from one piece of wood. You know. He also calls Jeff Goldblum's band the Mildred Snitzer Orchestra. <laughs> so maybe his thoughts on language are not great. <laughs> so yes. Uh, so he said he should have a better base. You have to carve a base out of one piece of wood. Wow. You kidding? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Or pieces of it. I mean, it's yeah. It's just not laminated or anything. So right. I don't know anything about this. So um. So I did what I always like to do, which is what we talked about the last show, which is whenever someone gives you advice, put it on them. Right. Make them do the work. So I said, Jonesy put me in touch with him, and I said, uh, great, Alex, that's very flattering that you think I need a better base. So, um, you know, I'm not going to shop for a base. I don't know how to shop for a base. I'm not going to find one. If you find me a good base that you say is professional quality, maybe I'll buy it. Right? Right. If I said that to you, if you came to the show and said, you know, that uh, that that reel you're using isn't the highest quality, yeah. you could probably get a professional one. And I called you and said, thank you, Piff. That's wonderful advice. Find me another reel. That would be the end of it. That would be, as it was this week when yeah. you asked me. <laughs> that exact thing. Yeah. Yeah. That was the end of it. Yeah. It wasn't like you did work. No. None. Right. 
Nobody would do that work. So a week later, I get six videos from Alex Frank, six videos of him with a different bass every time, playing it for me and discussing the sound of it, right? Right. This is kind of a nice one. This is kind of good. This is a richness. This has a texture. Boom, boom, boom. And he says, I have these. They're available. This is not a store he owns. He's getting no commission. There's no upside for him. Okay? He, so he says to me, I said, you're doing an awful lot for me. I appreciate it. Because that's what we do. We bass players help each other out. I go, no, 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 no. I didn't sign up for this. I'm not going to help any right. other bass player out. Uh, the chain stops here. Exactly. If you say bass players help out Penn, then we agree. Yeah. If we say bass players help each other out and it's going to be reciprocal, I'm going to do precisely jack shit for you, Alex. And for all your bass playing brothers, I'm going to do jack shit. Yeah, this is not one in the bank. Yeah, <laughs> no. He says, well, these sound pretty good. And then he says, of course, there's also the best bass I've ever played. Oh, no. Which is twice as much as these other really good basses. It's a sweet, sweet bass. And I go, hmm. He goes, you know, you're getting to be a good enough player that it'd really be nice to have that nice tone when you're doing the nice note choices and all the other stuff you're doing. You're good enough to play this bass. He says, it's the best bass I've ever played. I would buy it if I had the money. I go, hmm. So I write to Teller, okay? Yeah. Uh, Teller, my bass is fine in the show. Hang on a second. Yeah. Explain to me why you're writing to Teller. I want to make him pay for it. <laughs> That's why I wrote. Why else would I write to Teller? He's going to pay okay. for it. Okay. Okay. So you don't know what it's like to have a partner. I'm playing the bass in the show. Right. It never leaves the theater. Right. I have a bass at home. But you could just buy yourself a bass. Oh, all, right, all right. Don't ever say anything like that again. <laughs> Never, okay? If you ever want to be on the show again, I write to Teller. Does Teller listen to this each week? No. No. I write to Teller and I say, da -da 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 -da. I write exactly what I just said about the flattery and everything. I say there's this wicked expensive bass that, that we could buy. And Teller writes back. I mean, really, you know, Teller takes time with emails. Yeah. Teller writes back in probably two minutes. He writes back, we do not economize on our tools. Oh. Buy this base. Oh, the blessing of Teller. I write back, Teller, it's really expensive. We do not economize on our tools. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what a moment. Not, that's not where we cut corners, he says. What a moment. So I uh, I say, uh, oh, okay. And then Teller writes another email that says, but you know, we should write another bass bit on the show to make it worth it. Right. So Teller and I sit down and write another bass bit, which is really good that we're working on. So we can use the bass in the show besides the pre-show. So then I say to Alex, let me consider the really expensive one. Just consider it. He sends me a video of him holding his bass. Now he's a much better bass player than me. Yeah. It's like a guy that demos a card trick at a magic store. And it's a fabulous trick because he's a great performer. Yeah. Then you take it home and go, it's just a card with two backs on it. Well, what can I do with this, right? 
So he sounds really good. But here's the thing. I don't have big ears, you know? I'm not really good at hearing textures and stuff. But over a shitty iPhone video, this bass sounds like angel pussy. It's just the best sound. Oh, so rich, so gorgeous, right? So I sent it to my friend in Italy, who's a professional uh, violinist and her husband's professional bass player. And she says, well, get the authenticity. Make sure the resale value is set up. You want to find out the entire... And I go, yeah, yeah, I I, got to do all that. So I say to him, did I do all... Am I doing everything right? He goes, yes, it's appraised. The insurance is all done. Uh, It's going to be this much money. So I send the video to Teller. And I say, this is what we're considering buying. And Teller writes back, I already told you to buy the fucking bass. (laughs) Stop sending me videos. Just buy the fucking bass. So then I'm at rehearsal the other day and I say to Teller, I I think I'm I think I'm gonna buy the bass. Teller goes, Shut up. Just buy it. We're done. I go, Yeah, I think I'm gonna He goes, we're done, just buy the bass. So I think I'm gonna buy Are you kidding me? You haven't bought (laughs) No You haven't bought it? Okay, we've got time. Let's make a call now. Let's buy the bass. I've actually sent a text saying I'm buying it. To who? To Alex. To Alex. <laughs> to another one to, <laughs> to Alex. So what he's going to do, he's going to drive the base here. Right. For, where is this base? It's in LA. Okay. LA Base Works is a great, great uh, outfit. Because all those bass players, we help each other out. Yeah, know? exactly. And I'm going to let him have my aluminum base to borrow for a while. I have a nutty, nutty base that he's going to try. And then I'm also going to, and this is the weird thing. I'm going to sell the bass that I have. The bass from the show? Yeah. You're going to sell it? I'm going to sell it, yeah. And Jonesy said- Where does that money go? That goes back to Penn and Teller because okay. they bought it, yeah. So Teller gets a little bit of that. Yeah, and it also has, has appreciated in value, I'm almost sure. And then Jonesy says, I said, I think we, I paid like five grand for the bass. Well, I get more. And Jonesy says, you've been playing it for 20 years. It is now a Penn Gillette bass, and that makes it worth- Maybe twenty five, fifty dollars more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but Pendulette's base that will, might cover the eBay fee. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Pendulette's base will be on sale in the next week or two. Whoa. Pendulette's base. Now, what else can you upgrade in the show? I don't know. I was thinking Teller. Uh, what you want to upgrade Teller? <laughs> yeah, <I was> thinking, <laughs> <laughs> but who would okay it? That's the problem. That is the issue. We have good, you know, we have this funny thing, because when David Copperfield puts in a prop that costs him $150,000, mm. that prop looks like $150,000. Right. That prop is shiny. Yeah. That prop has glitter on it. That prop is, is designed. When our, when our, when in our show, when a prop goes in that costs $150, it looks like a refrigerator box. Exactly. It looks like we taped it up. Because Teller and I have this really strong feeling that we shouldn't have, with, with rare exceptions, anything in the show that doesn't look like a found object or something we threw together, and or the, the two of us, you know? Yeah. So we don't ever parade our expensive props, with the exception of Elsie, which, you know, the vanishing out, which is going back on the show, by the way. Yeah. Putting it back in. But you're, you're kind of halfway in between those things, right? You have some props that look opulent. Yeah, I have some props that, like, that cannon's amazing. The cannon? The cannon looks nice. That's right. And that's one of the cheapest things in the show. 
we I have a bush that grows bananas mm-hmm. that um looks like it looks like it's worth half what you paid for it. No, it which does. is really good. No, it does not look. It looks like. really good. It looks like it's worth one percent of what we paid for it. Yeah, okay, one <laughs> percent at best. I was trying to be kind. Yeah, it's a twenty-five thousand dollar dick joke. <laughs> The most expensive dick joke in Las Vegas. Yeah. yeah. I believe that what I'm paying for this expensive base, you would not think was particularly expensive. How, how much is it then? $40,000. Oh, that's a lot. That's yeah. a lot of money. That's a car. Yeah, that is a car. A good car. Yeah. Not a Tesla, but a good car. Not a Tesla. Well, that's good. Yeah, Jade. Now, Jade operates. How much did you pay for her? <laughs> I'm, making, I'm still making the payments. <laughs> Uh, Jade, she, she won't, she does her own costume and stuff. And she mm-hmm. like, and so she'll fix her costume. She doesn't put every little bead on there. And she all. used to. Oh, geez. And then I got Christ. Gabriel to, uh, you know, remake it for her, but she still maintains it all the time. Mm-hmm. And so it's always on the verge of breaking. It's always, like, oh no, no, I just, I just put a couple of stitches in here to hold it. And I'm always like, you should have three of these. They should be ready to go. If one catches on five, you've got two more to go. Mm-hmm. And she's always hanging on to the last costume by a thread. Everything's like, oh, no, it's going to be fine. Like the other day, she hurt her knee because her shoes were all messed up. Mm-hmm. And she was dancing for a week in bad shoes rather than having like five pairs of shoes ready to go. We do not economize on our tools. I've got multiple dragon outfits why don't you tell her we do not economize on our tools why don't i get her to email teller yeah he would tell her to buy costume yeah 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 that's it you make money with those tits have them held properly on exactly you make money with those legs have proper shoes and she's amazing she does a jump split every night i know i know it's incredible she shouldn't be doing that in half our shoes. Spend a dollar. Spend a dollar. Yeah. Exactly. That's what I say. Spend a dollar. Yeah. I'm all for that. Now I'm all for buying stuff since I'm buying this. Did you want to give people who don't know music instruments perspective on the range of prices of things? Like a 40,000 bass is equivalent to eight Gibson guitars or 40 Stratocasters? 40 Stratocasters. Yeah, that's about right, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. But you know, that is not even in the price range of violins and cellos and violas yeah and it's like two-thirds the price of a stage piano yeah concert piano mm-hmm. you have a piano in the show right yeah uh, we have two how how much is that piano i don't know i think Kawhi can be giving it to us and nobody can give you a bass well uh, the guy who made this is dead oh, well the bass that i'm buying is by paul tonigas tonigas oh. he's a great bass uh bass maker he's dead now paul tonigas it's t-o-e-n-n-i-g-e-s how would you pronounce that tonigas tonigas does that seem right to you ready tonigas or tonigas uh i don't know i don't know where it's from t-o-e-n-n-i-g-e-s but i'll tell you uh and this makes me feel so so foolish i'm sad about letting my bass go like it's going to hurt its feelings yeah. You know that feeling like Well that's why people hang on to them. You've done a you've done a really good job. Right. You've done a really good job. I don't I'm getting this new base, but I, I still care for you did a wonderful job for twenty years. But you got no other place you can have a base in your life? Well yes, but I you don't I don't need all these bases. I want to find a good home for it, is what I'm saying. 
You want to find someone to love it. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a... Someone that'll play it loving. Yeah. But it's amazing Some how... Some people say, yeah, you know what? This is Pendulet's bass. I don't care about that. Just love it. A little bit, though. A little bit. Nice. A little bit. <laughs> but it's amazing how he anthropomorphize. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. I have drinking birds. You gave me a drinking giraffe. Yeah. Right? With the little the little happy birds that dunk yeah. it out of the water. I have four of them at my my dressing room. I have four of them in my office at home. I like the drinking birds going. Now, I fill them up every morning. They go all day and all night. I look over at them. I enjoy them. I have to replace them occasionally. Something happened that absolutely broke my heart. One of them completely fell apart. It was in terrible, terrible shape. And I went to replace it. Before I put it in the trash, okay, I placed it on the counter as I put the other one in place. Yeah. And I almost started crying oh, no. because it was going, it was doing it thing. It's like its face was broken. It was all falling apart. It was still trying. It was just like one, one last, one last one for the road. Yeah. I can still do the job, sir. I can still do the job. You don't need to retire me. Look, I'm dunking. I'm doing, I was going like, don't try anymore. It's too hard. No, I'm still can do it. I still can do it. And I was there with my wife. We were looking at him going, I don't think I can throw him in the trash. I, I don't, he can't do the job anymore, God. but. Uh, it's like taking it outside with a shotgun. I know, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brutal. Brutal, brutal. And it's, it's an incredible, like, you know, it's, there, there's those videos of people torturing robots. Yeah. That make, my son gets so upset about those. Yeah. He goes, they shouldn't be treating robots that way. They hit them with bats, they knock them over, they laugh at them. Yeah. They shouldn't do that. That's wrong. And there's also videos of people like torturing fake cats and stuff. Right. And they go, that's just wrong. It's not wrong. It's a machine, right? I can throw away my happy bird when it doesn't work and feel nothing, right? No. Don't say that. Why? Because it's a happy bird. <laughs> what about my base? I can sell my base, right? You can sell your base. I think I think you've got to think about the joy you're giving others by selling. Yeah, the there you go. There you go. There you go. It's not like you're throwing the base in the trash. No, no, no. I uh, I'm going. So I'm going to get. I'm going. I'm getting a new base. Oh, that's nice. When yeah. when, it, when is it coming? Well, he's going to drive it out like this week or something next week. The other thing is, you could always keep your old base as a backup base in case you lose your balance and fall over and <laughs> smash the base. If I fall over, lose my balance, and smash the base, I won't ever get up. No, <laughs> I won't. I won't get another base. I don't ever get up. That's it. You're done. Yeah, that's it. But what if the base cushions your fall? That is forty thousand dollars <laughs> well spent. But it was. That's all. You know. That's forty thousand dollars I'm spending for flattery. You don't understand that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because he said you're playing better than this base. Yeah, you were. You were absolutely fine with the other base. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I like I like that. I'm gonna I'm gonna quote Taylor on that though from now on. What's that? We do not economize on our tools. It's good, isn't it? Yeah, it's good. It's like since we moved up into the big room, it's it's what I've been saying for the last year because I have to I have to justify my spending to the producers. Mm -hmm. Do they have to kick in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A portion of it comes from them. So, uh, but it is. It's just that you can't. Magic is binary. It either works or it doesn't. Mm -hmm. 
You know, it's not like, uh, you know, you hit one bum note in a song and no one really minds. It's uh, either it works or, or Piff the Magic Dragon was terrible. <laughs> or the, the really bad thing about magic is that you invest before the payoff. Right. Which means that the trick doesn't work. The whole audience goes, you just took seven <laughs> minutes from us? Seven fucking minutes and you had no payoff? Right. I mean, if you're doing jokes, you can set up a joke. It can go like, 30 seconds payoff doesn't work you go to another one yeah but if you do seven minutes or in some cases with some of us in this room 18 minutes yeah and you set up something then that thing doesn't pay off it feels terrible yeah it's not good it, it's oh dear and and as much as the audience suffers we suffer the most oh yeah oh yeah i'm sorry this this didn't work yeah didn't work because the audience is like oh this is a good bit because the magicians have done the oh this didn't work but but look 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 <laughs> now it worked i was only kidding about it not working so there's a lot of talking the audience down and going no 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 this seriously didn't work yeah yeah oh yeah this is and when you though. get the really big laugh on, yeah we're not able to do this because it's broken <laughs> good bit palantala no no we're not gonna do it we're gonna just push this prop off stage yeah <laughs> What are you doing now? We're pushing the prop off stage. It's not going to work. And that lasts for the whole show, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> it's literally the only time they realize it actually didn't work is when they're leaving the theater, when they're being told to leave the theater, <laughs> not when they're leaving the theater out of their own free will, when they're being told, no, the show is over. Yeah. And you, they're like, but what about that bit? It didn't pay off. What's going to happen? Tell was going to float in the air. Remember? I, I do remember. You told us he was going to float in the air. Yeah. And then he didn't. Well, now what's the punchline? Uh, there's no punchline. It didn't work. It's just over. <laughs> and it's it the the worst thing about it is the audience's kindness. Yeah, and belief in you. <laughs> you know, it's like a parent's belief in you know you no, you you can do it. You really can. <laughs> no, I can't. I can't do it. Don't doubt yourself. I can't do it. It's broken. It's not going to work. Just try. I can't do it. Just try for one. I can't do it. Just let's, can we do something else? Let's, I can't do this. That's not how you're going to learn by quitting. No, I got to quit. Although I, we can't fix it. It's broke. That's That attitude is going to get you nowhere in life. I, I'm nowhere. That's where I am now. Nowhere. Exactly. That's where we are. Nowhere. <laughs> it's horrible. It's horrible. I'm going to read you a um, heartbreaking piece of mail. From I won't even say what it is because I in case in case it goes somewhere else. A guy wrote, and I think this is very applicable to you, or I, I want to hear what you say about it. Penn often says he was a big fan of Lenny Bruce in his childhood. I bought four of his comedy albums, listened to them, and no laughs. Oh, Airplane Glue, Masked Man. I appreciate that humor dates. Mort Saul read from the newspaper, and by design, his message was for the moment. However, George Carlin's albums are not much later and are still hysterical. Mr. Bruce was a martyr for free speech, but was he ever funny? Was it just the use of taboo words and subject matter? Yeah. What do you do with that? I know. It's horrible, isn't it? Yeah. I think Lenny Bruce was important in every way but i still think the stuff's funny 
Yeah. Now you came to Lenny Bruce late because of me. Yeah. You listened. Yeah. I did you it. find it funny? Yeah, I did. Yeah. So I don't know. Perhaps it's not the dating. Perhaps at the time. Now a lot of the stuff is dated, and there is the Beethoven problem with Lenny Bruce and the Velvet Underground problem, right. which is when you have someone that breaks all this new ground, and then everybody learns from it. Yeah. Their stuff sounds like everybody else. Like I had to really be taught that Beethoven invented all this stuff, and then every film soundtrack uses it. Yeah. So you listen to Beethoven and go, that's what symphonies sound like. Well, they only sound like that because everybody ripped them off, right? Right. And the Velvet Underground. You listen to the Velvet Underground now. In 1969, you know, when I was 14, the Velvet Underground were just in another planet for how weird they were. And by the end of the 70s, everybody sounded like the Velvet Underground. So you go back and listen and go, I don't know. So Lenny, the idea of Lenny Bruce walking out on stage and going, my divorce came through today. You understand, that was never said on stage. Right. <laughs> you know, it was always like, there's an Irish fella who's walking up the street to the cop, right? Yeah. Or it was, you know, my wife is so fat. It wasn't like, I got divorced today. You do not have any of the comics that come after that without that kind of confessional first person, Lenny Bruce. The he, he kind of, and I know there's 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 antecedents to this, but in a big way, he kind of invented what we think of as a modern comic. Every time you read in the New York Times, you know, so and so talks about coming out as gay to their parents. Yeah, that's Lenny Bruce's act. Right. That's Lenny Bruce's act. You want to say something there, uh, Reddy? I found a lot of people bristle at the idea of ripping off. Yeah, I think it's, you're... It's I, not quite that. It's it's not that at all. If you've invented the vocabulary of an art form, mm -hmm. everybody then has to use it. Right. I am completely wrong to use that, and it's a good correction. It's not ripping off. It's not ripping off. You it, know. To, to bring it into like visual terms, we could talk about how uh, Chaplin and Keaton invented a lot of the vocabulary of filmmaking mm -hmm. that didn't come from theater. Right. Like the blackout comes from live theater. Mm -hmm. Fade to white, that's an invention. Somebody has to invent that and then assign meaning to it mm -hmm. for people to understand it for the next 200 years. Well, this is the thing that's insane, is there's no way movies can work, right? When you're watching a movie and they cut from one place to another right. and the, the angle changes on the person's face, yeah. why aren't we completely disoriented? Yeah. How are we able to do that? How are we able to follow different sizes on the screen? That doesn't come from theater. And there's all this stuff that means things like time passing and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. That's all just like learning to read. We learn to watch movies. Exactly. And uh, it's not ripping off at all. It's creating a vocabulary. So the idea that it becomes okay to come out with a microphone and talk about real things and still be funny and call it stand-up. You know, uh, Teller used to say that Andy Kaufman came along. And we called that comedy because anything in show business we can't label any other way, right. we call comedy, right? right? If it just gets too weird, it's called comedy. Yeah. It's like I always get lumped in as a, as a comedian, uh -huh. you know, but it, it's definitely not stand-up comedy what I do because... Uh, it's funny, but it's not that style. It's funny, but it, it's a different thing. Yes, you take actually, you take less from Lenny Bruce yes. than, uh, than, 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 than stand-ups. Yeah. yeah. There's no Piff the Magic Dragon walking on at the Comedy Cellar in New York. 
Hold on, that would look great. That would look great. And unfortunately, the audience would be in their seats going, but what happened? Wait, <laughs> he's he's going to pay off eventually. I know he apologized for not being able to do any of his material. But no, there'll be no payoff. He'll, he'll take the suit off and it'll be Louis C.K., right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, I'm getting a new suit made. Oh, are you? Yeah. We do not economize on our tools. We do not. Is it going to be lined with like something wonderful? Velvet. It's a velvet suit. Really? Yeah. You're not joking. No, I'm not. Velvet piff suit. Oh, that's really nice. Yeah, with red cuffs. Why? Reversible paws. Why a velvet? uh... Because I have this guy working for me, Gabriel, who uh, is able to build anything out of anything. And he made all the tricks in the show. He Mm -hmm. built a television studio in my house. Mm -hmm. And then he said, but uh, building props isn't really what I do. (laughs) I said, what do you actually do? He said, oh, I'm a fashion designer. So I said, great, can you remake my piff suit? And he's, uh, he made one in satin, as before. And then he said, I think we should try a velvet one. And I said, uh, I don't think that's a good idea at all. I mean, why would we have a velvet piff outfit? And he made me one in velvet, which I wear every night at the moment, and is amazing. And he's now working on the pinnacle of the piff suit. You have a velvet piff suit? Velvet piff suit. Does it look different than the satin one? Yeah, it oh. looks like velvet. Uh-huh. How does it feel different? Oh, yeah. It feels like, it feels like I'm uh, uh, the, the Elvis of magic. Uh, which is, it's your year to die. Yeah, exactly. Now, you have, there's stuff with your piff suit that is deeper psychologically than show business. Isn't that right? I believe so. <laughs> there's things you like about that piff suit that have nothing to do with your career. Is that right? If I could wear it. Every day of my life, I would. Yeah. Yeah. It's the most comfortable thing I own. And now it's going to have red paws, reversible red paws, one side green, one side red. The hood is going to be lined with yellow. Oh, nice. To make my little face pop. (laughs) Because it'll reflect. Yeah. Want to make you look a little jaundiced? No, I don't think so. But the thing is, if we do find out it makes me look a little jaundiced, you can just remove it and put in a red, put in a green. Or a white one. or, Or any color. Because he's amazing. Why, why does he make stuff for us? For you? Yeah. Because he's working for Piff the Magic Dragon, <laughs> and Piff the Magic Dragon needs Gabriel. Okay. We do not economize on the props we need. Could he be poached, do you think? Yeah, anyone could be poached. <laughs> uh, yeah, we are thinking, uh, I don't know if we're thinking about this. I talk about it and Teller agrees with me, and I don't know if he's just saying yes because he knows we'll never do it yeah or if we're actually i would love to wear nudie suits on stage oh. before we're done you know what nudie suits are no okay you know um porter wagner no no you know dolly parton yep uh you know those kinds of suits that country guys wear that are all rhinestones and yep. have appliques of like uh wagon trains and stuff on them and horses you yep. know well there was a guy named nudie that was his name who lived in Nashville. Was it Nashville or Memphis? I think it was Nashville. And he designed all these suits. Elvis had a nudie suit. Porter Wagner had nudie suits. And who else would have had a nudie suit? Did Johnny Cash have one? Probably not. He did, but you couldn't really tell. Yeah. They're sparkly and country western and uh, really that vintage. And I've just thought we've been wearing the matching gray suits forever. Yeah. Well, they're actually blue now, but that doesn't matter. Same kind of business suits 
If we came out, you know, on the 50th anniversary tour in nudie suits, wouldn't, that be, wouldn't that be pretty cool? I love it. My dad's in town, and uh, we just went to... There, can you see on the screen what a nudie suit looks like? No, I don't have a oh, screen. Oh, you don't have a screen. Uh, he's holding it up to you. He'll bring, he'll bring it out, so you'll see. My dad's in town. We went to Boot Barn, uh-huh. and he said he wanted a rhinestone cowboy shirt. Uh-huh. So we got him this shirt, and Gabriel is making... Uh, is is uh, rhinestoning it for him? Really? Yeah. So he's going to have his own. He's going to have his own uh, nudie shirt, I guess. But uh, you, you, I think you know what it. I think you know what it is. Yeah. So you're going to do this? I don't know. Come Tell on. Her, Teller says yes. You think it's a good idea? I think it's a great idea. Fiftieth anniversary. Yeah. Yeah. Fiftieth anniversary nudie suits. Yes. Yeah. This is it. Yeah. I love it. And it could say 50, 50, 50 all over it and have three clubs all over it. Yeah, and you have a big P in the back and a T on teller. And ampersands all over. Oh, yeah. yeah. This is a dream. It is. Yeah. Should we hire Gabriel to do it? No, no. He's busy. He's working. <laughs> he's I got mean, a lot of material that needs to get through. We would get Nudie to do it, except Nudie's dead. Yeah. Does he still have a company that does it? There's still a company, yes. Yeah. Maybe I'll get an actual Nudie Suits. I think you should do this. Maybe we should. Be pretty funny, I think. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about coffee for a moment, okay? Um, I'm not particularly a coffee snob, but this coffee, trade coffee, is so good that even I can notice that it's really better than any other coffee I've had anywhere. What they do is they just do this survey with you, which tells you, you know, like I want decaf and stuff, and I like it strong and stuff like that. And then they find from all these different little roasters and little little local places, they find this coffee for you to try. And I use a little, um, what's it called, a plunger thing, a coffee press. What's that called, Ready? I believe it's a plunger thing. Press wow. a press thing is what I use. And uh, it's really, really good. And I like making it. And it comes, it's ground the way I like it. You can have whole beans. But it's roasted. It's delivered just the way you like it. And you get to try different stuff all the time, which I really like. Trade Coffee connects customers to the freshest and best tasting coffee they've ever made at home. That's for sure. By partnering with the country's best coffee roasters. These are independent businesses from big cities, small towns. Trade customers. Customers are truly impactful for these independent roasters, often being the largest source of new growth for them. They taste the coffee, they check it out, they learn all this stuff. But the most important thing is they deliver it to you so you don't have to think about coffee. You just get to try different coffees all the time and it's really good. And they are so confident they'll match you right the first time that they don't. You'll take your feedback and an actual coffee expert will work with you to send you a brand new bag for free. It's really, really good. And they do everything smart they do sustainable they treat people kindly they do stuff well and uh they know what i like better than i know it's really a great way to drink coffee i've been really really enjoying it i get a subscription i've been digging it right now Trade is offering new subscribers a total of 30 bucks off your first order plus free shipping when you go to drinktrade.com slash pen that's more than 40 cups of coffee for free Get started by taking their quiz. It's this little quiz just says what you like at drinktrade.com slash pen and let trade find you a coffee you'll love. That's drinktrade.com slash for $30 off. It's really, really good. I've been really enjoying it. I've been digging. It's been really fun. I thought I got monkeypox the other day. Oh, did you? Yeah. Do you, are you like me? Do you like rubbing your ball sack over rashes? No. 
<laughs> if someone has a rash, I always want to rub my ball sack against it. Oh, yeah, delicious. Yeah. Why did you? Why would you get monkeypox? I was in. I was uh, sleeping. I woke up and I got a little bite on my arm. Mm -hmm. I got one bite here and one bite here. So it was either a spider bit me mm -hmm. or monkeypox, mm -hmm. which sounds more likely. <laughs> monkeypox. Yeah, especially to Jade. Yeah. Oh, did you so see? Immediately said, that's monkeypox. You got monkeypox. How'd you get monkeypox? Where have you been? What have you been doing? What have you been doing to get monkeypox? She did. She really did. She really did. And I was like, it could have just been a spider, Jade. She said, no, it's much more likely to be monkeypox. <laughs> have you gotten it diagnosed? Uh, no. And that was Jade a little bit of a hypochondriac or on your behalf? On my behalf, yes. She thinks you have problems? Yeah. Yeah, she's very concerned with my well-being. So she says that's monkeypox. So she, immediately. Uh, how long ago was this? This is two nights ago. I got monkeypox. <laughs> and honestly, I'd rather have monkeypox than the idea that a spider crawled over my arm and bit me twice. <laughs> that I hate spiders. Uh, spiders are when you look at them close, they're they're awful things. Oh, they're terrible. So the idea of a spider just roaming around in my bed. <laughs> Also, I've got three dogs who sleep in my bed. Uh -huh. None of them could have helped me out. None of them could have attacked the spider. <laughs> I mean, there's the right scale for spider attack. Exactly. Now, did you go, speaking of spending a lot of money for a base, did you spend a lot of money to clone your dog? Yeah. You've, you've, written, you've written the check? I've written, uh, you have to, it's in two halves. Mm -hmm. You pay a deposit, which is half the money. Mm -hmm. And then uh, you pay the rest when the and you're going to pay when the more? dog or dogs arrive because you get the whole of the litter. Uh -huh. They guarantee one, but it could be two or three. And you are spending yeah. more money on a dog than I spend on my base. That's correct. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, unless I get multiple dogs, and then the cost works out. N never is never going to amortize. No, it is because let's say I get three dogs, then they're. $20,000 a dog <laughs> instead of $60,000 for one dog. That's not the way things work. That is literally the way things work. No, it's not. I, what are you talking about? If you don't need three dogs, getting three dogs... Why would I not need three dogs? <laughs> okay. I guess you're going to win this argument. I mean, you know, you're the one with just resting your whole career on one base. You could tip <laughs> over at any point. We do not economize on the props we need. Right. On our tools. On our tools. And your tool is a dog. My tool, I mean, I, yeah, unfortunately, there's no argument that says it's about $60,000 to clone the dog. Mm -hmm. And uh, there is no argument that says that's a lot of money compared to what that dog has made me. You know, the dog, the dog has returned far more in value than that. I still have gone on record yeah. as your pop yeah. and the Piff and Pop magic shop as saying that i think the clone dog is not your best idea yeah we come back to the philip morris idea you tell me <laughs> you tell me pen because we have two chihuahuas uh -huh. at home uh -huh. one of which is uh, one of the cutest friendliest dogs you'll ever meet in your life perfect size perfect look o often gets mistaken for piffles by me his owner uh -huh. And uh, you put him near, you put him on stage, you know, with some light and sound, and he starts trembling, like he's been abused and kept in a shoebox for the rest of his life. So he, so he's out. Yeah, but the cloning will not give you a dog that's comfortable in lights and sound. How do you know that? I don't know that. 
Well, How do you know that? I don't know that. <laughs> but it's no more likely to be. That's not a genetic trait. Not trembling in light. Right, right. But it's not a genetic trait to tremble in light. <laughs> Good. Then you agree with me. Yeah. There's a chance that the dog that cl- that uh, will result of the cloning. There's a chance that the dog will be a successful stage performer. I told you, okay, I said to you, you will not get the personality traits you want from a clone dog. I'm fine with that. And you said, I don't care about that at all. It's the size and shape. Yes. And I said, you can get another dog that size and shape. And you said, no, I can't. And then just now you told me you'd already done that. Oh, that's true. So why, for $60,000, you can go through probably... 6,000 dogs? What am I going to do with all these dogs? I can't just be offloading them like used bases. Yes, you can. No, I can't. You can get a dog at a shelter. Oh, no, no. You find me a five-pound dog. We, we, got, we got very lucky with this other dog that is the same size and shape but trembles on stage. We, it was a fluke. We spent... Three years since, looking every day, relentlessly, we got a dog, we got a, a puppy dog, which is eight weeks old. He was he fit in the size of my palm. He looked exactly like Piffles. Exact, perfect temperament. He grew a little bit. He grew a little bit more. He was the same size as Piffles. Did he stop growing? No. He's now a 10 and a half pound chihuahua, <laughs> twice the size. He doesn't fit in any magic props. You can't shoot that thing out of a cannon without damaging a wall. <laughs> But don't you think that if you took $5,000 of the 60000 yeah, and you hired a 19-year-old person yeah. who loves animals yeah. and said, here, here is $5,000 plus here's another $1,000 budget. Bring me a dog who, can, who won't tremble and looks like Piffles. I don't, I don't think it's going to happen. You don't think that would happen? No. Why? Oh, it could be a Boy Scout troop. Here's, they go here's to my theory. all the time. Okay. Here's my theory. Mr. Piffles is a four and a half pound dog. Yes. Now, you've seen Mr. Piffles. I have. One of the most frequent comments I have about Piffles is that he has a rather large penis. Mm-hmm. I believe Mr. Piffles has big dick energy. <laughs> and I believe that is what his success is about. So when I clone a dog... I'm going to get a large penis chihuahua with the same big, big energy, and I believe that it's going to be a perfect match. I don't. I think you're going to be grossly disappointed. You see, the penis is going to be the same. No. Yes. No. Yes. No. Why? Because that's that, there are other things. There, there's w- environmental womb. There's uh, the, the epigenetics, ep- epigenetics that change those other things. Not everything is is in the DNA. So when that dog comes out with a tiny penis, then I'm going to be like, "This is not worth sixty thousand dollars." Right. Right. But if he comes out with a massive schlong, I'll be fine. Okay. So maybe we should put a side bet on the size of the schlong. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I have an alternate plan. Would you like to hear it? Yes, please. You give away a shirt in every show, right? True. If you were to hire a 19-year-old kid to breed dogs for you and then give them away if they don't work out on every show. Like goldfish at the fair. You could give away a dog every show. Yeah, we could. How long would that take to pay off? 
I just, I just think that you guys are overlooking the sleepless nights I have, knowing that my entire career rests on a 14-and-a-half-year-old dog. We, we, we realize that that's where your talent is. Yeah. We're well aware of that. Yeah. But what we, um, what we are saying is there might be another way to solve your problem. But you've already given the down payment, right? Yeah, exactly. So all we can do is reinforce your buyer's remorse. No, because I'm still between now and now and when the when the dog arrives, which is nine months, and then and then the dog's only that is not the gestation period on a dog. What? Nine months is not the gestation period. Of There's a, dog. a waiting list, Pat. I see. You got to wait your way through this. Okay, so between that, Jade is doing her best to find another Chihuahua and prove me wrong. Good, she, she is. Yes, she also doesn't believe. That cloning is the way forward. Good. I, I, I'm, I'm with Jade on this. So if anything, then it's just a nice catalyst to get her moving. Good. Then we, then we agree. Right. Now, do you have a present for me? I do. Am I supposed to open it now? Yeah. Okay. This is uh, Two Pop. Oh, this is heavy. Two Pop Love Piff. Two Pop Love Piff. This is a little gift from uh, the Piff crew to you, designed by my squire, Zach. And uh, gift wrapped oh my by. Oh, this is beautiful! Oh, this is beautiful! Piff has given me a framed poster of Piff and Pop Magic Shop. Oh, that's so nice! Three hundred sixty-four years in the making. Piff the Magic Dragon, Pendulette, Reptile Dysfunction. I love this. It's nice. And what a great picture. Yeah. It's one of our best pictures. It's really heavy. Yeah. You like you like really framed it properly. There's cash in the back. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there it is. Oh, that's beautiful. Ah, good. Very good. Thank you so much. Well, Pete. thank you for being a part of Reptile yeah. Dysfunction. And how is it doing on YouTube? It's good. It's uh, over a quarter of a million. Oh, that's good, isn't it? It is good. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to see it uh, into the millions, uh -huh. you know, but with the, all the chihuahuas that I own now, I have them at home pressing refresh daily. <laughs> so we should get Drop there. That, yeah. yeah. Now, um, uh, um, how does someone go about watching Reptile Dysfunction, which stars me and Piff the Magic Dragon as Piff and Pop? Yeah. They go to youtube.com slash Piff the Magic Dragon. That's all they got to do. Couldn't be easier. Couldn't be easier. Piff the, all you gotta do is know the name Piff the Magic Dragon and you are illin' and chillin' like little Bobby Dylan. Yes, sir. A new base, new dog, new world. Yeah. That was Ben Sunday School. New dogs. Cha cha cha. How no who knows how big this litter will be? You become naked. I trust you won't offer me one of these clone dogs. No, I'm gonna offer it to Emily. We could give one away with the purchase of Penn's Base. I'm with Jade on this. I think she can find another dog. Time will tell. You know, we love you. You got anybody else? You got anybody to thank there, uh, Matt? These people support us as loyal members of the congregation on patreon.com slash pen. Placida Scott. Dante Peace, Damian Martin, Adam Luce bought Penn's book just so that he can try placing his balls in a velvet bag and send Penn the picture. 
It's a long name. Timo Tihoff, Mark Pickenheim, Miriam Engels, Scott Kelly, Kelly M., Adam Berzins, Matthew Applehands, Fractured Adventures, Carlos Alvarez, Michael Cornwall, Ross Devereaux, Rue Dudley, Ryan Matthews, Jeff Bacher, Eric Dobell, Michael Torbay, Ilan Lee, Jacob McCulley, Kelsey Johnson, Nicole Martin, Crazy Cat Lady Scoop, Nick Hemsing, Music Man, Jamie Thrasher, Rachel Hawkins, Jake Schneider, Pete Hoke, Kelly McCauley, Jeremy Davidson, Robin Garnett, Ovi Dimitrian Jr., Jeremy R. 22, Winter Wiekowski, Kristen Klidick, Michael Cohen, Dr. Scoop Little, Jeremiah Jenkins, Jesse Miller, Alexander Hoffman, Danny Olwine, Julian Webb, Sean Magruder, Stephen Volcano, Jim the Naked Magician, Song of the Domain, Nudini.com, Scooped Mids, and Paul McBride. Thank you all so much. <laughs>